Uh, greetings, you're watching the online ministry from St Augustine's Anglican Church here in Inverell. My name is Adam Draycott. Uh, welcome. Uh, this has been prepared for Sunday the 13th of February 2022, uh, the sixth ordinary Sunday. And our sentence of scripture comes from John 3, 16. I pray that you know it. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Let me pray. Let your merciful ears, Lord God, be open to the prayers of your people so that they may obtain their petitions. Make them to ask such things as will please you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let's have a time of praise.
As we come to the ministry of God's Word, our Old Testament reading comes from Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 to 8. Our psalm for today is Psalm 1. And our Bible reading, our Gospel reading, rather, comes from Luke chapter 6, verses 17 to 26. Please take a moment to read Luke chapter 6, verses 17 to 26 out loud whomever you're with, and then read it through quietly to yourself, and I invite you to pray as we come to the preaching of God's Word. Having read our Gospel reading for today, I want to ask you the question, are you blessed? Do you look at your life and your experience, do you count yourself as among the blessed? And if it's yes, if you can say, yeah, I'm blessed, it's good to ask why. Why do you believe that you are among the blessed? Maybe you're watching now and you're feeling remarkably not blessed. Life is heavy. It casts a long shadow. It's dark and you just can't shake it. You are feeling unblessed. Well, Jesus has words for us today. So let me pray. Father God, as we come to your word, show us the glory and wonder of Jesus. Lead us in the way of repentance and faith that we would know what it means to be blessed by you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we come to Luke chapter 6, verse 17, the, the, the story immediately prior to uh, in verse 12, Jesus is up on a mountainside. He prays through the night. In the morning, he sets the 12 apart. And then what happens? We come to our text, verse 17. Jesus goes down with them and he stood on a level place. Uh, we might ask, because we know what's coming, is this Matthew 5? Is this the Sermon on the Mount? And then you're going to look at your, Bible, uh, your study Bible cheat notes uh, but I'm going to say to you, nah, <laughs> their assumption is wrong. Uh, let me prove it. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, you'll find the Sermon on the Mount there. And in that story, Jesus go, sees the crowds and he goes up the mountain. Here in verse 17, Jesus goes down to them. In Matthew 5, Jesus sits down. Here in Luke chapter 6, he stands. Uh, in Matthew 5, he's on the side of a hill. That's where he's parked. And here in verse 17, he's standing. Friends, it's a basic exercise in reading. And it's almost like Luke wants us to know that his story is not that story. It's not the Sermon on the Mount. No, this is the Sermon on flat ground, if you like. Now, you might come back and go, oh, but Adam, the rest of it reads similar. And then I'll say to you, but sure, but why do we assume that Jesus never repeated himself? Why do we do that? Um, and plus, this has woes. Half of this story, of this teaching rather, Jesus is pronouncing woes. And so the encouragement is, know that we're in Luke's gospel and we've got to take Luke's gospel at face value and do business with what Luke is saying, not with what we think Matthew is saying. That's, we got Luke open, right? And so come to verse 17b. Look who's there. We continue on. 
knowing that we're dealing with something a bit different, there's a large crowd of disciples. There's a great number of people from all over the place, Judea, Jerusalem, the coast, Tyre, Sidon, and they've come to hear Jesus and they've come to be healed of their diseases. That's nice. We want both. And who are they? They're troubled by impure spirits and they're people that try to touch him. Uh, they want to be healed of their diseases too. And uh, what does it say? The people all try to touch Jesus because power was coming from him and he was healing them all. Uh, see the whole spectrum of people. Physical problems are on view. Spiritual, impure spirits. Spiritual problems are on, are on view. Multiple directions. Now, if life is a ledger, and on one side there's blessing, and on the other side is curse, what side of the ledger do you think these people are on? What side of the ledger do you think these people are on? If one side is blessing and the other is curse. And you might be going, oh, it's got to be curse, Adam. Oh, hold, on, hold on to that answer. Uh, because, yeah, we do. We see life outside of the garden. Yep, this is life in the valley of the shadow of death. Look at their issues. Spiritual, physical, all speak to the human experience. You can't have one without the other. And maybe we taste it too. We taste the curse. Drought, fires, mice, COVID. It's entirely biblical, isn't it? Family strife, relationship problems, infighting, town gossip, blind hatred, adultery, confusion, anxiety, the disease of me, shame, fear, death. And how old is this curse? Well, it's as old as Adam, not, not this Adam, the other one. You know that. And Adam, remember him, was he blessed or cursed in the garden? He was decidedly blessed. The garden lacked nothing. He got to walk with God. It's incredible. But of course, <laughs> with all that privilege, Adam still thought he knew better. I know what's good for me. I know what's best for me. And he put God on the bench. He flipped the bird at the creator. I'm the king of me. The my way highway. He just did what we all do. And now there's a gap. A gaping chasm between Adam and God. Adam is now cut off from the living God. Outside of the garden. And that's true of all of us. All of us are unfit for the presence of God. Adam's sin, my sin, the whole curse thing, it's a big problem and we taste it every day. Question, who undoes the curse? Well, look at the story. You know the answer. Who do, who do these people think holds the answer? And the answer is Jesus. Of course it is. See them all lining up. Luke says here, verse 19, power's coming from him. He's healing them all. I don't know what that means other than that power's coming from him and he's healing everybody. I mean, is he getting, is he radiating power like Captain Marvel might? I don't know. What does it mean? Oh, I don't know. Is he, it certainly means that Jesus 
is he, well, is he emanating his godness here or do they just know like the bleeding woman knew? I don't have an answer to that. But whatever the case is, they know Jesus can undo the curse. That everything Jesus touches, he abates people's fears. He brings healing and peace and compassion and restoration. Changes their lives because they're touched by Jesus. I mean, we see here, Jesus brings in his kingdom. This is the kingdom of God appearing. This is a preview of heaven before us. Heaven where we're told it will be a place of no more tears, no more crying, no more pain, and no more death. The old order of things is, uh, has been done away with. And we see that. Now, someone said to me this week, you know, if that were me, then I'd do everything in my power to run my family and friends down to Jesus. Do everything in my power. That's too right. And that point, this story is very vivid, isn't it? We want our friends, our loved ones, to be touched by the power of Jesus. We want our loved ones healed by the power of Jesus. You get in your car. You would. You'd go find him. Or maybe back then it wasn't horsepower, but maybe more like donkey power um, or walking, even more likely. There's, there's an immediacy that here that grabs us and grips us as people encounter Jesus. But I want you to see the encouragement too. I mean, this is the one in whom we pray in his name. Let me say that differently. We pray in Jesus' name, don't we? Our faith is in this Jesus. Because he has power and because he has compassion. Because he is good for it. And we might even do what Jesus has been doing in verse 12. We've spent the night praying to God. Well, we pray in Jesus' name. And so take the encouragement. This is a great incentive, pushes us on our knees to pray more. Now, I asked you if this mob were cursed or blessed, didn't I? And we were still wrestling with that. Here's the next. Keep, in that, keep that point in mind as we come to the next section. Verse 20, looking at his disciples, Jesus said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you'll be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Do you see it? People who are poor, hungry, or weeping, you are all blessed. And we go, how does that work? Because by all appearances, they're cursed. Is this a sick, cruel joke? And of course, no, it's not. Jesus is saying they're actually cursed, are blessed. On what basis are these people blessed? I mean, who are the poor in Inverell? Because if this is, this is true, this is how it works, there's a lot of us that have no chance of being blessed. How do you measure it? Do you means test it? I don't know. Is that what it's on about? Of course, this is where we go back to Luke chapter 4. Do you remember our time in Luke chapter 4? Jesus is at the synagogue and he reads from Isaiah. And he pronounces the good news. And he says, I'm it. And he spoke of those categories, the poor, the blind, the imprisoned and the oppressed, which really is all language that points 
to what is true spiritually. See, I think Jesus is saying to be blessed is to know one's need. Like this mob know their need. And in knowing their need, they come to Jesus. And so they're, of course they're blessed. The direction of their faith is in Christ Jesus. Whatever their need, he is the answer. And then it gets you thinking, isn't this first base in becoming a Christian? Is it coming on our knees before God and recognising our desperate need, our poverty? Before God, we're paupers, we're sinners. We bring nothing to the table. We're empty. We might even shed tears over our guilt, our shame and our sin. We shed tears over our broken nation and our broken world. Our natural standing before God on our own is desperate. We are completely and utterly dependent on the mercy of God. And Jesus is saying, this is right, this is good. Yours is the kingdom of God, verse 20. Verse 21, you will be filled and satisfied. You will cry no more, but laugh. And so Jesus is casting before, before them a big vision. Here is something that transcends the pain of this world. It is bigger and greater and infinitely better, and it, it is eternal. Behold the kingdom of God. And behold, it's king. And because we live like this is true, verse 22, blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how the ancestors treated the prophets. Blessing. Do you see it again? Blessing doesn't equal health and prosperity in the here and now. Blessing doesn't equal the easy, trouble-free life. Blessing doesn't mean we enjoy a high standing or reputation in our community. No, blessing comes on account of the Son of Man and one's allegiance to Him, no matter the cost. Of course, this doesn't mean you go looking for abuse so that somehow you can count yourself blessed. That's twisted. No, we're blessed because we belong to Jesus and our allegiance is to him. Notice the expectation is that's evident to all. And it's not without cost. I mean, it's a dangerous business fishing for humans. But because we belong to Jesus... I think he's teaching us that we, we have such a big vision of the future that we can look past the rubbish that the world serves up now. We're able to see past such evil, past personal injury or poisonous talk because we don't belong to that. We play no part in it because we get the bigger picture. We know our eternal future is secure. We know whom we belong to. And because we know whom we belong to, we are blessed. So we just get on with it. Keep serving Jesus. Okay, now, easy to say. Harder to do, right? Harder to do when we're being persecuted or hated on or excluded. 
um, these categories of hatred, insult and rejection. As a brother and sister in Christ, know that there is no way we are people who act out the curse like this. Hatred, insult, rejection are categories that we must not belong to. We transcend all that in our thinking and in our actions. That's what that's the plan. Because we belong to Jesus. We're able to see past all that and look forward to a day when the curse is gone. Wickedness and evil will be judged. Justice will be served. We are blessed. We're blessed because we belong to Jesus. We have a vision of Jesus who redeemed us and who loves us. We're blessed because we know this isn't all there is. That there is a day in our future where we will rejoice without face masks, right? And we will leap for joy. Okay. Here's the, here's the third thing. This isn't everybody's experience, is it? See, if you're a Christian, as we come to the next section, as we move out of the middle part, we need to see that if you're a Christian, this is as bad as it gets, right? doesn't get worse than this. Uh, this is as bad as it gets if you're a Christian. If you're not a Christian, this is as good as it gets. Let me say that again. If you're a believer... If you belong to Jesus, this is as bad as it gets. If you are not a believer, if you're not a Christian, well, the bad news is this is as good as it gets. Look at verses 24 to 26. Woe, woe, woe. The word woe means great sorrow or distress, trouble. Trouble to you who are rich. You've already got your comfort as good as it gets the unbeliever verse 25 woe to you who are well fed now you got a full tummy well one day you're going to be hungry feeling fat and content one day you're going to be starving this is as good as it gets now you might come back at me and go oh but no i'm feeling pretty content right now and the answer is yeah jesus is saying this is the peak after this it's a free fall Revelation chapter 3, 17. You say, I'm rich. I've acquired wealth. I don't need a thing. But you, says God, you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, naked. You're on the wrong side of the ledger. And trouble and distress is coming to you. Verse 26. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. False prophets of old rejected God. Um, their preaching tickled people's ears and stroked people's egos and led Israel down the path of apostasy and unfaithfulness. It's like church leaders today who water down God's word and uh, to the extent that anything goes and everything goes. God is love, is the message, and it apparently gives license to all sorts of things like sexual immorality and adultery. Uh, they'll tell you that you're a good person even and that Jesus didn't die for your sins even or that Jesus didn't rise from the dead even. 
but he's just a good, humble example. And any talk of repentance or godliness or biblical living is completely foreign. And it's just, you know, these false prophets, modern or ancient, are just like Adam, they've disobeyed God's word. That's the problem. And you know how that rolled for Adam, vomited out of the garden. False prophets are saying, Israel vomited out of the promised land. Woe, trouble, distress, all accursed. And then we open up Romans and go, well, we're all in the same boat because there's no unrighteous. All fall short of the glory of God. Yet, of course, we know the answer in Romans is Jesus, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God, enters our world. He brings in his kingdom, a kingdom for those who know their need. It's like Peter in the boat. People who know that they are desperate for God's mercy. Are we immune from the world and its curse? No, we're not. Never. We live in the world just like everybody else does. But we do it with one key difference. We know we're blessed. And that the curse is just a short stay. Why? Because we belong to Jesus. That he is the sin smasher. He is the death destroyer. He is the curse cracker. We live by faith in him. Christ redeemed us from the curse by becoming a curse for us. Galatians 3. Curse is everyone who is hung on a pole. That's Jesus. And he redeemed us in order that the blessing, blessing given to Abraham might come to all through Jesus Christ. We're blessed. So that by faith we might receive the Holy Spirit. There you go. How good is that? And so I ask you again, do you count yourself among the blessed? What side of the ledger are you on? Are you trusting Jesus? Are you looking to the cross and seeing the full measure of God's love for you there? Do you see that God is a God who loves to bless? He'll even send his son to die, such is our need. And in our need, we don't deserve it, but we cry, yes, please. I'm desperate for your mercy. And do you see the world needs Jesus? Do you see the hope of hope that Jesus alone offers? That only he brings it. Friends, any hope of heaven, any hope of better days ahead, any hope devoid of Jesus is no hope at all. So run to Jesus. Know your need. And embrace, embrace him. And know the blessing that comes from belonging to him. And we pray, Father, by your help, by your Holy Spirit, help us to live like this is true. Amen.
Jesus said, if I am weak, I should come to him. No one else can be my strength, I should come to him. For the Lord is good and faithful, he will keep us day and night. We can always run to Jesus, Jesus strong. time where I invite you to pray. On the screen will be um, a blue screen with some prayer points for you and I encourage you to pause this video and to pray through those things. And also a reminder at the end of the service, uh, uh, as part of our worship, we worship with a sacrifice of our lips and we worship as we um, serve the Lord with our hands and our minds, but we also worship with our pockets. If you want to participate in that and express your love for God in that way, uh, we invite you to do so. And there's some information on how you can do that uh, at the end of this video.
close with the words of this blessing now to him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with everlasting joy to the only wise god our savior be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever amen